just because someone asks you a question does not mean you're obligated to give an answer. Preach. I think it's to showcase the fact of like kind of what we're talking about with motivation. You don't know why they're asking Mm -hmm. some of these questions. And so like neutral information in the wrong hands becomes dangerous. Hello, professionals, and welcome back to another episode of Professional-ish with your hosts, myself, Rachel, and Jordan. Would you like to say hello, Jordan? Hello, party people. (laughs) Today, we're talking about what to do when you don't know the answer. So we're going to go through, um, I've deemed it a more flowchart style in this episode because my brain is weird and that's how it works. I will be more or less heading today's episode um, since, as I said, this is much of what I have done in my career is figuring out the answer when you don't know. So let's get into it. I'd like to approach this in a more flowchart style of very yes or no, come across the question, is it a yes or is it a no, so that you can really utilize this quickly in your everyday... Professional life. In your, yes, in your, thank you, Jordan. So that we can, you know, ultimately we would love to be able to give you resources and advice that you can use every day. So in that, I'll ask a question that you should most likely be answering or be relevant for you to answer when you come across, like I said, uh, and something that you don't know. And we'll go from there. It'll be yes or no, and then we'll discuss the yes or the no. Um, the first talking point we have is when you don't know the answer, the first thing to ask yourself is, is it your responsibility to know the answer? And I really feel like that is the first kind of boundaries hammer to bring down because oftentimes depending on your role especially if you're used to helping people or giving people information it's so automatic to be like oh let me find the answer for you let me do that for you I'm I'm so quick to step in and try and get them an answer and so the again the first thing to ask yourself should I be answering this is it my responsibility and not in a rude way but just you know, in a boundaries way. It, is it even something you should know? So I, I think, Jordan, you had some to contribute to this. As you're talking about this, the first thing that came to mind is that, like, it made me wonder what type of roles do people go to to get their answers? And what I have noticed is that to a point, it is the people that have been at the company for a while Mm-hmm. Because they've seen it all. <laughs> s- I wish y'all could see her face. It's like, they've seen it all. <laughs> That's what I was looking like. But they have been through all the seasons. They have seen turnover, like staff turnover themselves. They have probably interfaced with a lot of different departments. And I remember a, a, a previous coworker of mine had been there. I don't even know how long she'd been there before I got there. Um, but she either knew the answer or knew someone who did. Mm-hmm. So if you set yourself up to be someone who may may know things or you're setting yourself up to be an I don't know, answer giver or go the to go-to. a resource yeah. that um, if you can figure out, hey, Bob over there has been here for five years, 
she is going to be a great resource. So I think a lot of times it could be that it's not that they're asking like Bob specifically. It's that they have a question that they need an answer to and they may not really know who to ask. And so they're not necessarily expecting Bob to give them the point blank answer, but they're hoping that Bob can help them and be a resource for them. So that's my two thoughts. Absolutely. And that's so like a nail on the head because you and I have both, you know, been the person answering the phones or client facing and answering those questions. And sometimes it is your responsibility to give an answer, but it's not your responsibility to know the answer, which I feel like that's that's such a fine line to walk of like, okay, I need to be able to give people answers, but I'm not the doctor, I'm not qualified or whatever else. So knowing your responsibility, your role in the question that they're asking or that's being asked of you, it really is the most relevant way to start. After answering, is it your responsibility, you may even need to backtrack to further answer the question is it your responsibility? Because it may depend on who's asking. It's like, it's kind of like a, if this, then that. Yes. So exactly. as we're sharing these, these points and this information, the first thing to ask yourself is, is it your responsibility to know the answer? That's the first question you even ask. Like, okay, you know, they've asked, why was my first question? Where do you know where the extra toilet paper is here? <laughs> Oh, sorry, because <laughs> I have a feeling you get asked that a lot. <laughs> well, it's just like the most rudimentary of like, hey, where do we have coffee here? Where's the coffee thing? Where's, where's the garbage can? Like the things that anyone will ask you. Um, and so like before you even give an answer, it's, hmm, should I know this? And of course, like that's not the best example of a question for this is not my responsibility to know. Um, so well, it's the truth, though. Well, I'm, there could be some people who are like, I don't actually really know where they store it because I'm not in charge of like office supplies. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so mm-hmm. maybe there's that. The next thing is who is asking as like the next like tier. Yes. Yes. That's the next good. tier. So that's just so like if you can get your brain, it's not going to be like, it's going to be a different setup of information we're sharing in this episode. So that's kind of how to like work your, like how to process this information. Yes. Whichever answer you came up with, yes, it's my responsibility, no, it's not, under both of those, your next question is going to be who's asking because that could very well change if it's your responsibility or not. An example, if a client is asking a question, it may be best to redirect them. If you are the client-facing person, you may need to find out that information to give to them or loop someone in. But if you're kind of like Jordan and I are now, if you're in a position where you really aren't that client-facing person or persons, then you would most likely, it makes sense to redirect them back um, to the person who, would, who that is their responsibility. On the flip side of that, let's say your boss needs an answer, it's still kind of the same situation. Is it appropriate Is it appropriate, or does it make sense for you to be answering this to your boss? Um, if they're asking you a question that needs to be answered by someone else, direct them that way. If they're asking, 
for you to call 911, you probably need to do that. Um, I know it's kind of an extreme example, but an emergency is probably not the time or place to be putting down boundaries. <laughs> Just going to throw that out there. <laughs> I think there's like two buckets for this. So when your boss comes to you with something that's like specific and not in your like job role, then yeah, like I think that there's a space to say, you know, actually that's not something that I am over, but so-and-so could help. But if it's something that is not specific to anyone there, such as like, hey, I, like there's an emergency going on. I need, I need someone who can speak mm-hmm. and listen. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's all the criteria that is needed. And so it could even be, if your boss asks, hey, has a package shown up? Literally what I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, to Rachel's point, that's not the time to go, you know what, you could probably check yourself, <laughs> just walk through, you know, to the front door and say like, you can keep that, that uh, initial, if that happens to be your first thought, you can give that to yourself. Now, if you're like literally like running into a meeting or like running to the bathroom or if there's something like, Urgent. If you have your own urgency. If you have your own urgency, then you can say, hey, like, I'm happy to check for you, but just give me five minutes. Like, that's one thing. But, like, for, like, a package delivery or, hey, like, do we, like, have you? I know that our tape dispenser went missing and we never found it, so we had to buy a new tape dispenser. If she's asking, hey, like, have you seen that? You could probably answer the question. But if it's, probably like, Probably not best to direct them to whoever covers office supplies. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about it. I was like... Wow, I really, I would be very concerned for someone if they were answering that. Actually, that's not my department. <laughs> and I've got extra thoughts on that. So, yes. Because, <laughs> like, if someone's going to be that snotty to say, I can't help you with that, that's not my role, you got to rethink them as a person. I mean, you may not know, but go, hey, like, I'm happy to spend an extra two minutes to walk over to the drawer and see if it's in there. Like, is that really beneath you? Absolutely. So anyways, to your point, like, there's some categories there. I totally agree. So much for this to be Rachel and I'm like, blah, 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 blah. No, that's what, that's why, that's why I love when we do these together because it's like the other day when I was like, oh, I think I'll only talk on this one point and then I had something to say about everything. I didn't think I was going to have anything to contribute here. And I was like one point in. I'm like, oh, I have a whole plethora of stuff to talk about here. But that actually, um, as you were speaking, I had a thought that led to our next point of, okay, what if it's a coworker? So you were talking about like there's a time when it's, you know, appropriate to redirect someone. And there's another time where it's like, okay, you can tell them where the toilet paper is. Like that's it's kind of to the point of being, what would you say, snotty? being snotty or petty and that I feel it can really go hand in hand with like there's a difference between being a quote-unquote team player and having poor boundaries or someone else having poor boundaries snaps for that Um, because to me I would see a team player as someone who is willing to tell me where the toilet paper is but if they're trying to direct me to office supplies I would honestly be rather offended or hopefully they're joking I would really hope they're joking but that's that's very I guess silly example but very real because I've seen I've seen this happen when you know someone wants to be petty with another person or they just have maybe something personal is going on like whatever that's fine but just tell me where the toilet paper is I feel like that sums that up pretty, like, pretty we well. We off track a little bit, but we managed to get back on a little bit. Really, it comes down to 
are they asking you the same question for the hundredth time? Are they asking because you're the source of information? Are they are they asking something that they could easily find themselves and should already know at least where if they don't know the answer where to look? Because that could breed dependency on you, which is not really the it's probably not the direction you want to go down. I think you make a really good point of saying, are they going to approach you in a way that starts to become dependent on you being their like Mm -hmm. primary resource i don't think it's necessarily healthy to only rely on one person at work like that's what the team is for you have Mm -hmm. different people to Mm -hmm. play different roles and other people are going to be happy to help you and don't rely on one person to be like your scapegoat for everything so i think just you like just the statement you made i think is just very profound of like you're there to get your job done and that means you have to learn and figure it out as you go and so I think for people to set themselves up as a resource take what they have to say and then apply it so that it's not like constantly unraveled yes so anyway I'm gonna just wrap that up (laughs) well that comes just to I guess wrap it up as well it comes to a point of accountability at that point if it's someone who is on your same plane as far as responsibility or whatever else if you aren't for lack of better term owing them anything if it's not like your boss who needs the answer if if they're not the one signing your paycheck or determining your paycheck or whatever else like how much do you owe them slash how much is it appropriate for you to do for them absolutely you're saying lots of really um i don't know if i would say powerful statements like but like synonymous of like yeah that's absolutely true like take responsibility for yourself that's when boundaries come into play and so i think those are the instances when this scenario goes the wrong way Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i think that you should like it's meant to be a good thing like having people who have those resources for knowing a lot of things is a really good thing go to them and ask them and learn but if you are like there's just there's a lot of ways to abuse it there's a lot of ways mm-hmm. to go at it in a very unhealthy way and when I've I've worked with some people in the past who are really kind of like maybe the best way to say it is prefer to have control control of the whole situation so if they are for all intents and purposes hoarding information which is a resource then that that goes down a whole other path but if they're the only one that has the answer then there's there are a lot of things that need to be reassessed there yeah that just to in my head I'm like that immediately breeds inefficiency and a broken system because that one person is the only one that can answer questions I mean it's been talked about at our current company it's been talked about at a a prior company that I worked at of like their kind of thought process was we need to be cross-training across the department so that if Mm -hmm. someone heaven forbid Mm -hmm. wants to go on vacation for a week 
they can. God forbid anyone <laughs> has a break. <laughs> Seriously. Like you can't always rely on one person for that one task because when something comes up, um, you got to be able to, to make it move forward. And so I think that like, again, it can just not be the way it was intended if you set your business up and there's, I'm like, we could go down this for like, <laughs> yes. for like different yes. types of episodes of like how to like healthily, if that's even a word, set up your team so that more than one person can put in an Amazon order, send a Zoom link, mm-hmm. troubleshoot the software, like the well, basic stuff. That's exactly why. So I think we've said before we work at a, a smaller comp, much smaller company, but that's why you and I originally created the whole like onboarding training binder so that we weren't bombarded constantly with questions of like, hey, here's a, here is the resource because there's no way for you to know otherwise unless you ask me. So we're creating the way to have the information, to have the resource because we don't want to be that constant point of reference. It's exhausting, guys. Just FYI. Yeah, we've been, we have set ourselves up and have been set up to be like a knowledge center. And at first it's like, oh, this is fun. I know this stuff. Let me share it with you. (laughs) And then there comes a point where it becomes, I don't know if overwhelming is too strong. Overwhelming is definitely But when you position yourselves as like the two primary people and then everyone starts to come to you and like, think about it, just like, I'll wrap it up with this. If you have a team of 20 people and everyone on the team happens to ask you a question at one point in the day, that is 20 questions that you are answering in addition to your own workload. Some of the questions will be a one-off and some of the questions will be like a project or something. Mm -hmm. Like that fills your day. And that's just answering questions. So like it compounds. Okay, off my soapbox now. I mean, that was a great answer. Also, another part within is this your responsibility to know the answer there may be an additional let's call it a drop down uh, or side question of would this communication be better in a different format is it better in email is it better in person let's look at that situation because again to Jordan's point of if you're being asked 20 questions in a day and let's say they're all in person there is that kind of dance the social dance around of oh how are you how's your day and in the most polite way possible you may very much love that coworker, that boss that client whichever but from my experience in person tends to take a lot more time than a quick text or email because it's much more socially acceptable at least to just have a quick hey I just had a question then let me come into your space and unintentionally interrupt your work and try to make polite small talk before I ask you the question and then we get off on a tangent and it's been 20 minutes and there are three other people that have questions (laughs) so another part to ask yourself is is this the best format to have this question answered and it also may be if you are answering the question do I need a paper trail for this because sometimes you do I think there's something to be said for considering if you are the question asker considering the best way to ask the question because not all questions uh, necessitate an in-person dialogue so consider or how a phone dialogue or a phone call but like consider 
it like what type of question am I asking and how how long will it take to ask the question how long will it take to answer it what what do I need from that person um because to Rachel's point if you're receiving 20 questions a day we're not saying that like stay away from us and don't talk to us we're just saying like <laughs> it's like the DMV there's going to be a line of people and each person like you get distracted you get cut off and then people got to run to their appointments and meetings and whatever sometimes it's just easier to send a quick email and ask the question and depending on what the question is can it just be a simple email just consider like is that going to be a better use of your time because I would rather answer an in-person question that has to do with like a concept or a best practice um, or just like a really delicate situation or complex situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Is that good? Did you want to talk about anything else? I need to stop talking about toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> Today's theme, toilet paper. <laughs> and now you're all like, I wonder what my supply is at home. Moving right along. So now we've come to the second part the second major part of this flow chart if it is your responsibility to at least find the answer then we've we've come to the second part of if it is your responsibility finding the answer so there are a few um a few points under this a few questions if you will to ask do i have all of the information to give an answer if i don't have all of the information where do I find it? Some of my tried and true methods are to ask someone. Doesn't make sense to go to someone who probably doesn't know the answer. Pros to this option, it's usually the fastest way to get an answer if they're available at the time. A con to asking someone is they may not have the answer and then you're back to square one or they may not be available. It could be any number of reasons but I would say if you just need a quick and relatively easy answer or if it is a question where they are having to make a decision, you should probably go to the decision maker in that. So make sure that they are the person who could answer that question or has the authority to answer that question. Just because someone asks you a question does not mean you're obligated to give an answer. Preach! And we have learned this by experience. There's just so <laughs> many questions that, like, to a point that we receive that if we aren't in the know on that particular topic, okay, great for raising your question, but there's not a whole lot I can do about that. And so I'm like, you're going to have to be redirected to someone else because I don't have an answer for you. I don't, like, don't ask someone in accounting about how the latest sales metrics went they're mm-hmm. not gonna know they like doctors versus the receptionist like you I, to a point you can't ask the receptionist about like the latest results because they may not know how to read a chart or there maybe, we go. maybe don't go to the doctor and ask where the toilet paper is when there's a reception receptionist I wonder how many doctors get that question of like, (laughs) where's the bathroom? There's no more toilet paper. Like, I mean, they they get a a number of questions. You never know what's going to come up. But like, consider your audience before asking the question. Yes, absolutely. Um, Another method of of mine, researching it yourself, Um, whether you're going to Google it and use Google as a resource to find 
quick answers. There are policies or laws that you need to be referring to. You can go and look that up yourself. Those are the times when I probably want to go and just double check. So I have to just be careful in that. But if it's a quick and easy answer, I'm, I'm going to ask someone or just Google it. Now, if we're talking about it being a law, if you're having to interpret, well, that's, that's going to get into a whole other thing. If legality is an issue when you're being asked a question, unless you are the go-to lawyer person, you probably want to check up on that because it's probably a big deal. Those are the kinds of things that people are sued for. Um, like in the in the industry that we work in, you're talking about mental health. You can't just have someone call and ask, oh, who does such and such see? This Does this client go here? Um, huge HIPAA violation and no, I cannot tell you. Also, if you, um, I think this is pretty relevant as well and why we ended up making or part of why we ended up making the onboarding binder. If you have previous notes or emails, that's great to refer back to. Because again, if it's a new concept or if it's a lot of information or if, again, you're like me and you can't always trust your memory, taking notes is great. So sometimes it's most relevant for you to just like pop out your little notes and go back and look at that because again that's super easy you're not taking anyone else's time so another tool to utilize and just to give context to this if you are the person with a question I think what Rachel was trying to say because I was trying to figure out like what you were getting at with that with the onboarding binding and then with emails it means you have resources. You have A, yes, yes. onboarding binder. B, if you had sent an email about it or received the answer in a previous email or like some other mode of like written communication that you have these different resources at your disposal to answer your question. Mm-hmm. Boom. Precisely. <laughs> Pros and cons of basically research, doing it yourself, finding the answer yourself. Pros you could most likely find reliable sources, whether you're Googling, whether you are pulling the, you know, policies straight from the policy binder or the website or whatever for your company, or again, legality. If you're not a lawyer, be very careful around that one. The other pro to this, I would say it's a big pro for me, is it can be done independently. Some cons, it could take you time. You may not even find the answer. If it's a situation-specific answer or it needs to be decided by like someone else, by a, the decision maker, then obviously it's not of use to you to be doing the research on your own. Um, you, you're going to need to basically go back to the flowchart, the beginning of the flowchart, and ask yourself again, is this going to the right person? So the next, uh, the next question to ask yourself in this flowchart of if it's your responsibility to answer, um, if you're supposed to answer this, if it is your responsibility, is this information that is appropriate for me to share? Am I bound by legality or policies or ethics? Um, I had mentioned before HIPAA compliance, um, really just my notes are on this, follow the laws, duh follow the laws. If you don't know the laws, then probably don't speak on something you don't know because that can get you into a world of trouble. Um, Privacy concerns, because we work in the mental health arena, 
the people we work with are not always mentally healthy. So if someone is calling asking where a clinician lives, just going back to privacy concerns, if personal, this is just something that's relevant to us, if personal information is being asked about someone or something or a situation, it's probably important to tread lightly. Like I'm not going to tell a client or a random person what what one of our clinicians' favorite colors is. That's kind of a weird, it's already a weird thing to ask. So let's say that you are um, calling in because you need help either individually for marriage or for like marriage sessions and you would prefer the clinician that you were paired with to also be married. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is something that honestly, at the end of the day, if we are considering who to pair this client with, regardless of what their relational status is, they have the professional qualifications and knowledge to be able to work with you. We're not going to pair a married couple with a clinician who doesn't have any marriage, um, like knowledge and like training training. And so however you want to sidestep that, I think what you can say is like, same with like a play therapist, like, Oh, well they don't have kids. So how are they going to know how to, to train me? That's, Listen, buddy, you're already coming to us, so something's wrong there. <laughs> like, you already are needing help, so you're coming to, like, a professional source for that. But remember that in order to do that service, that person needs to have the degree, the internship, like, passing the, not the bar, the exam or the, the board. Board, test. board That's what it is. Um, like, that's basically your question isn't going to really be relevant. be relevant because the point is, is that they're going to have all the modalities, all the terminology, all the data statistics to present to you and walk alongside you. That is not something that the employee would have any right mm-hmm. to divulge mm-hmm. to that client. That's, that is under, that is privacy doesn't like they can have all the reasons, but they're not going to get an answer out of you. Absolutely. So I think that's that's probably a, in this instance, as far as personal information, I would say that's a pretty good guideline to go by. Is this something that would be appropriate to be asked in an interview? Yeah. There's no, there there are some different ways to say um, that's none of your business. <laughs> but to that point, like we're we're giving a lot of like customer examples whether it's customer whether it's your coworker, sometimes you just have to kind of like think to yourself later do they realize what they were asking when they asked that question sometimes people don't sometimes and, they don't and so that's that's why we have fodder for this episode because mm. of what people <laughs> think to ask and so i went into this episode thinking that it was more of like do you know where i can find more paper clips versus like do you know if like they're married for my, you know, marriage counseling? It's so, like there's there's a obviously a spectrum of topics that can come up when it comes to questions. But to my point of you can be asked a question, but they don't have a right to an answer or to mm-hmm. your answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's a situationally based thing, Absolutely. but uh, you can you might end up seeing a lot of I can't share that with you. I can't. That's mm-hmm. not, I'm not liberty to say, oh, I can't speak to that. And they can get stonewalled all they 
all they need to because at the end of the day there's more at stake there's more at context than just the one-off question yes because that that question may not be it may look one way at face value it comes back to like an intentionality or motivational motivation based thing but like there are some things that it's probably better that you don't have Mm -hmm. the answer yeah absolutely the other point that I wanted to touch on of why it's important to protect, um, I think I was really trying to go into this next point of privacy concerns. Again, we don't work with most mentally healthy people, so letting someone know when a coworker, what days they work or what hours they work or what part of the building that they're in, um, that could be a totally like nonchalant, innocent question, or it could be a very dangerous question. So just some food for thought on that avenue of it may not be illegal or unethical or against policy to answer, but is it a good idea to answer it? Is it a good idea to tell when, you know, your single female coworker works? You might hear all this and go, wow. The I think it's to showcase the fact of like kind of what we're talking about with motivation, you don't know why they're asking mm, some mm-hmm. of these questions. And so it, like neutral information in the wrong hands becomes dangerous. And the more that you are knowledgeable about something, you have to really be careful of, okay, yes, I, I technically know the answer to that whatever question, but that is not going to be, that is not necessary for them to know. That is harmful for them to know. I'm going to, like, I need to, to manage this information, manage this answer mm-hmm. um, for the best of everything. Yes, it may not it may not be in everyone's best interest. Um, so this final part, if you don't have an immediate response or if you need more time to answer the question, uh, that's totally fine. That's an okay thing to do. If it's a really simple question that m- may be of concern if you don't know the answer and you're not new, um, if it's something you should know. But if it is... Again, something that a decision that has to be made or if it's a sensitive question or topic, um, you probably need to go to someone else. Um, My suggestion in this avenue is to be honest, but make it sound good. Make it sound nice. I'll go through some scripts at the end of this episode, give you some ways to address all of these different things we've discussed, um, how to answer people. This is a perfectly viable, immediate answer to the question of basically giving yourself more time to go and find the answer. Um, You'll want to let them know. Again, we'll have scripts for that. Basically, be honest. Make it sound nice. Make it sound professional. Get the contact information of who's asking or who needs the answer. Um, And it's also always good to ask what their preferred method of contact is. Do you Um, Do they prefer email? Is it best to reach them by phone call? Also, you'll want to give a reasonable time frame for getting back with them. Uh, Something that it has taken me a long time to learn, and sometimes I still struggle with it, is giving a reasonable time frame. Oh, I can get back to you. Give me like 10 minutes. I'll get back to you. You don't know if you're going to be interrupted or what's going to happen. So at a minimum, double how long you you think it will take. Um, If you want to be extra 
if there if you have to get the information from other people that may or may not be available go ahead and more than double that triple it whatever um so that you are setting a positive expectation since you already you know are going to take time to get that answer so that's just to have a good uh relationship with whoever's asking the question to set set those expectations from the get-go so let's move into the final part of this flow chart. You've already asked a lot of questions and you've taken the time to answer them and figure them out. So Jordan and I would like to give you some scripts, some specific answers of how to handle this in a professional manner. If you're asked a lot of questions on a regular basis, it's a good idea, a really good idea to go ahead and have scripts ready. Go ahead. When I say scripts, I mean a predetermined or predecided thing to say and something that can cover a lot of bases. We know that redirecting someone or saying no to giving them an answer can be or even saying no to giving information can be really intimidating. Hello boundaries. <laughs> they are they could be very difficult to put into place. Um, so here are some professional and polite ways to answer. I believe blank, insert name, <laughs> would be able to answer your question. Let me put you through to them or let me give you their contact information. I'm unable to share that information or that's legally protected information, so I'm unable to share that with you. That information is not at disclosure at this point in time. And that could be an answer after you've already told them, I can't tell you. I'm not completely sure. Let me find that out for you. I've not been asked that question before, so let me get you an answer. And this type of let me do XYZ for you or let me blank for you is always a great go-to because it's giving them this subliminal message of oh you're still doing me you're doing something for me you're doing a service for me um so that it sets up a good um good vibes if you will <laughs> and I also think the fact that it's um I've not been asked this question before I see that as just being honest and saying this is a new territory for me mm-hmm. and so I'm going to just tell you that versus pretend like I know Yes. More than I do. And I, like, I was letting Rachel know at one point in time, I was giving someone an answer about the cost of their session. I literally said, I'm not the primary, like, like the billing point person here. I'm doing my best to give you this answer. So if it changes, I just want you to know that outright. And I was just very, like, kind about it and very honest and forthright about it. And whether it's just how I said it or just who they were, they were so gracious about it. And we're like, I, I was like, don't hold me to it. And they were like, oh, no problem. Like, just thank you for helping. So I think it, it like, it could build some camaraderie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just kind of smooths the way. Smooths. Smooths. <laughs> so another uh, script is, I want to give you accurate information. So I'll need to check on that answer and get back with you. I've also used, that's a great question. I think blank can answer it best, though. Affirming the, the, the need for the question, the need for the answer, but also redirecting. Yes, yes. What is that, what's the word in, oh, in, um, in therapy, I think, in, in the counseling world, that's called validating. You're validating 
that, that their question is relevant and important, but then you're politely letting them know that. You're still not going to answer. Another script is, I am very flattered that you have, would have so much faith in my knowledge, but so-and-so would do a much better job answering that for you. And I think that can be, I've said similar things before. I feel like that's more so something I might say because I'd say it in a joking way. Um, but I feel like that's a good way to kind of make sure there's no tension of like, thank you so you much. Yes. Thank you for thinking I'm so smart. Um, so that's a good way to, again, just kind of smooth the way and not not make someone feel like you're brushing them off, which in an office setting, whether it's your boss or coworker or client, you know you want to have good relationships and be perceived as kind and polite. I've also used, this is not my actual area of expertise, so blank might be a better resource for you. And then a final statement, I actually do not have the qualifications or authorization to answer that for you. And I do want to just finally reiterate, like Jordan has said before, no, no is an answer. No is a full sentence. Um, these are just, you know, a, a nice little way to dress it up and make it sound nice, make it sound like you're still being professional and being polite. But you can, you can tell people no in a professional-ish, <laughs> in a professional way, um, and handle the situation well and have people not walk away disgruntled. That's everything that we have for you today. I hope that this was really helpful. I hope we were able to give some really good advice. I hope that you will utilize this flowchart the next time you come across a question that you don't know how to answer or you don't know the answer to. So until next time, stay professional-ish. Ding!